if you've worked on yourself, if you've played, if you've taken control, influencing a situation comes really easily because you already feel comfort from the other areas. I've done the work on myself, I've played with people, I know how to control, so you always have a safe place and then you go to the next level. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Systema, and this is Systema for Life. Emmanuel, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. It's great to have you here in North Carolina, finally. Thank you very much, Glenn. So we just came to the end of a superb two-day seminar on systemic explorations and kind of looking at deeper kind of ways of exploring your own practice of Sistema. And I know my guys have already found it to be an immense benefit. And there's a lot of buzz and people are emailing backwards and forwards already this morning. Um, so how did you, how did you come up with this kind of this, uh, this framework that you were putting across? What kind of inspired you to want to put Sistema across in this way? Was there a problem that you saw like an endemic problem in some students or in people that you, you taught and you thought you need to fix or was it something else? Well, oh, first of all, thank you for having me down. It's, yeah. um, it's nice to do like uh, literally the, the day after the seminar, we're doing this post-mortem post <laughs> of, the, of the whole event, which is, it's really cool. I've, I mean, I usually do this in the quiet of my mind. Uh, I don't usually get a chance to, uh, to do it with somebody. So it's kind of cool. Hmm. Um, so about a year ago, um, or yeah, it's maybe less than a year ago, I start thinking ahead and I, I start looking at ways of seeing things that I know differently. Mm. And the, the main goal for a teacher is to try shorten the time that it takes a student to learn something. That's one way. The other way is to um, limit the the amount of wrong turns that they make to get to a dis destination. So you try to pick the quickest and most direct route so that students see benefits and that they can, you know, stick around with training and get to some of the really good stuff, right? Mm. Because you know, the beginning is fine, but the really good stuff in anything lies in the later years. So the longer you do it, the, the more of those benefits that you'll find. Um, so I started looking at the process of things. Hmm. And I started outside of Sistema and um, started, you know, looking at other teachers, whether it's um, fitness instructors, uh, uh, gym coaches, uh, guitar players or guitar teachers. And, you know, looking at these different ways and looking at the there's usually a process to learning, like a process to the thing, mm. right? That you, you've got to do. Um, and then, you know, then you go back into the martial art world and you, you realize that there's um, some improvements that we all can make in terms of the way that, that we learn. So mm. I kind of sat down and, um, you know, I called it kind of like the process because I think there is a process to learning all kinds of things that, mm. and when you talk to the masters, they'll usually tell you if you don't follow that process, it usually doesn't go well. Like yeah. it's not a hard rule, but you know, you heard there's a couple of books where they say 10,000 hours, right? Like, mm. you know, you need 10,000 hours. I mean, that, that's a pretty good process. Like that, that, that works pretty well. Like I think if I picked up a guitar and played around with it for 10,000 hours, it'd probably mm. do it. Now there's gotta be a better way than that. That's a very general process, right? Well, I think most of the research shows it's like 10,000 hours is like the minimum yeah, yeah. that you normally see for somebody to reach what's objectively recognized as mastery. But most of the research sort of says that it has to be mindful practice. I mean, you could put in 10,000 hours of just mindless. scattered mindless practice and there's no guarantee you'll get to mastery even in 15,000 hours, you know? So it's a, it's kind of put there as a, as a, 
arbitrary benchmark for like, well, this is kind of the minimum amount of time you need to put in, but you also need to make sure that's quality time, right? So is that partly what this was about, making sure that our time spent training is quality time? Exactly, quality time, without a doubt. And so then I sat back, so this is what I do. It's like a set of binoculars. Like I I focus in on something and then I zoom back out and see the big picture. Mm. And so I, I looked at, let's say the system of basics right and that can go for anything so any sport so any sport like football or rugby or whatever it has its things that you do maybe in the off season to Mm. keep ready for the sport so uh, for football it would probably be doing sprints and for rugby a little bit more road work right so you know making sure you're running you know five to ten k every other day is like a minimum to kind of keep your fitness levels, you know, getting to the gym, just maintaining strength so that when the, when the training camp starts, you're ready. Like, so before training camps, you're doing stuff. You're not just showing up to training, doing nothing. Yeah. And you know, when I did the early years, I did like different karate's and, and, and boxing and stuff. You did work before you got to the gym, Mm. like your road work, you know, your, 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 push-ups all that stuff you did at home and then when you got to the gym that's when you would you you'd hit your bag you do yeah. some spar- like all that is personal work right so then i said okay let's break it up into the work in systema that we need to do on ourselves so that's the first thing yeah so so and this is what i explained the seminar and, and the viewers are, and the listeners are, are getting now so i broke there was a couple of different models i showed one of them was the first thing you got to do is work on yourself and that can be a variety of stuff. So you got to master your breathing, master uh, your movement, right? Uh, master your body. So in other words, it's strengths, it's weaknesses. If there's any injuries, get to healing them. If there's limitations on flexibility, get flexible. This is all work that you do on yourself. Mm. Now under that category, you can also put fasting. You could also put cold water dosing. Mm. You could also put you know, anything that is your work. Yeah, it's your work. This is very personal work, depending on your life, on your family stresses, on your work, like all of this stuff comes in. Yeah, right. And then the the next part that I saw, and this is inherent to all sports, okay, and all, um, it's inherent to all sports and all organizations as well. So if I have a job to do, I have to do the work to be ready to do my job. I have to, I have to know it. I've gone to school for it. I've got the book smarts. That's my work to do that job. Yeah. Right. Then when I go to work, I've got to I've got to learn how to get along. It's very important. And this goes for a team. How many big teams do you know, like NBA and NFL, if the players don't get along with each other, if there's not a team, if people are not working together together, mm. it's not going to work. Like you got to play together is what I mean. You got to practice and play together. I'd right? use the example of the uh, England football team, right? They're all multi-million dollar players who are on the, in their own right play for like Real Madrid and all these other teams, and they're spectacular and they're, they're some of the absolute best in the world. But you put them together on a World Cup side, and usually they flub it because they they don't get any practice playing together as a team a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, exactly. they don't work as a team. They're all like stars you know they all want to kind of perform on their own and it's a it's really it's frustrating for anybody that follows like soccer and <laughs> it's, it, it's soccer. amazing for years i've seen it happen in hockey i've seen it happen in basketball you can pay you can pay everybody great money but if they don't play together it's not going to happen right it's so mm-hmm. frustrating for for the average fan to say oh my god you guys are getting all this money but you can't teach somebody how to play together they got to do it they mm-hmm. got to just do it um so this concept, so when I, when I look at the results students are getting, um, I kind of, I looked at the results and then I looked at how do we speed those up 
get them get get them to positive results quicker and also more consistent results yeah. the frustrating thing is you go to class something works and then you go another time it doesn't work it's fine i mean there's those ups and downs with everything but you want to limit you want to be you want you don't want to bank on luck or or random results mm. consistency is the most important thing that you can do you want consistent results that you can rely on that will build confidence that will build a lot of good things in you right sure now that attribute alone was developed for me from archery because a lot of you follow me on, sure. on different so you'll know I'm, I'm i'm quite a good archer and in archery bullseyes don't matter bullseyes will happen randomly even for somebody brand new mm. it's that you can do it consistently Mm. And that's the most – so I've never looked at consistency in this much detail. Mm. So the inner peace and the consistency is necessary in archery is 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 very much a benefit to Sistema. Yeah. So then I started looking at, well, how can we be more consistent in our results in Sistema? And that's where this model came. So, so here we go. So first we work on ourselves, which I've explained. And, mm. and I mean that can be divided a million ways depending on – so I can't give you a step-by-step. Step. I can just give you a general model for everybody. And, and some other people have talked about that, like Constantine's manual, for example. Is that's a lot about how to work on yourself and body yes. and psyche. So the, that ground's kind of been covered a lot in a lot exactly. of the yeah. The play is, is the critical piece here. Mm. The play – and and it's, it's so interesting. Before I had uh, come here, the weekend before I'd come here, um, there was a show called The Nature of Things by David, David Suzuki. Mm. Um, I think it's quite popular. I think you guys have seen it here too. But he had a, an entire hour dedicated to play, which yeah. is really bizarre because I I never I've heard it covered in different teaching manuals how kids don't play anymore and hmm. but never a one hour show that looked at how other animals play how we play how important play is to our psychological development yeah how if it's missing what happens and yeah he went through that with lab rats and different animals that they had yeah. done that with and I I just dawned on me I'm like you know. The, the people that we that learn the most tend to be the ones that know how to play. Yeah. Um, and, and it's learned. And play is not necessarily dominating. It's two equal participants. If you if you see kids, they're okay with like 60-40, so somebody mm. winning more. But once you get to the point where you're like 70-30, yeah. like you're winning more, they just stop playing. Yeah, yeah, the kids play will just stop playing. Yeah. So even the kid that's dominant at a sport realizes that if he hits that threshold, no one will want to play with him. I think – am I right in thinking that research? It might have been by Suzuki or it might have been by somebody else. Um actually said that, um, that you can analyze those time patterns even in animals and you look at wolf pups playing or other things like that and if one of them bites a little bit more or dominates too well, again they stop the game stops when one of them dominates so it's almost like even if you are have dominant skill or strength or if you're the larger animal you'll play you'll on purpose kind of downscale your abilities in order to keep the play going because now now i get to play longer and now i get to learn more and i mean they're obviously not doing it in a conscious way but that's in some way kind of ingrained as a, a behavior right an, an evolutionarily determined determined behavior that keeps us both in the game and not just having fun and enjoying ourselves but actually getting more out of the experience as we're going instead of just being like, look, I beat you again. And then we're done. Right. You, you, you learn very little from that, except that you can beat that person in this circumstance. It teaches you nothing about the wider context of, of, of fighting or scrapping or whatever it's going to be. Right? Yeah. percent. Yeah. So yeah, I'm uh, very well said. So yeah. uh, the play is a big piece and, and this is the hard part. And I, I want everybody listening to, to understand this. Um, you cannot, um, you have to look at yourself, take a hard look at yourself. When the teacher says switch partners and nobody comes to you on a consistent basis, yeah, 
you have to ask yourself some hard questions about whether you play enough. Mm-hmm. Or it's, basic hygiene. Or, or, yeah, or basic hygiene, yeah. <laughs> no, because yeah. It, it, it's really sad that I've seen it over and over where people are constantly in that position and it, it, it's the same problem. It's that you don't play nice and yeah. you're, you're, you're either dirty or mean with the way you you interact with people and then they don't want to be around you and then, and then you wonder why or you just shrug your shoulders and say, oh well, I, I guess that's how it'll be. But let's extrapolate that on your workplace. Let's extrapolate that with your family. That's because mm-hmm. you, you you can't be just a prick on the mat. You're mm-hmm. going to be a prick at work. You're going to be a prick at home. There's going to be implications to all these things. It's a wider context, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that there's no room for dominating. I'm going to get to that now. Mm-hmm. But the play piece, the play piece is important because it allows us to lighten up our mind and uh, relax so mm. that we're not in a fear state and we can start to become more creative, mm. right? We can start to access a different part of our brain that's not panicking, but a, a part of our brain that is more analytical, maybe more more relaxed. Like it's a different calm. It's like decision I can make when I'm calm and, yeah. and relaxed, right? So the play is very, very important. So what I tell students is that you work on yourself. You got to do that constantly. And it might be different every month. But, you, you know, maybe one month it's this and one month's another something else. You've got to be in touch with yourself. Mm-hmm. Then you, you go to class and you learn how to get along and play with the students, with everybody. And play doesn't mean silly. It means there's there's learning, but it's more at a subconscious level. Like that's my, that's the key that I talked about in the, in the seminar is that we want to be able to have our skills go subconscious mm-hmm. because – in real situations, because we're talking about real stuff, it happens so quick, there's no time for the mind. Yeah. And if you could think about it, you'd be scared stiff. That's mm. the problem. You it's don't even so want scared. To, right? yeah. if, 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 yeah. So, it, and this happened to me, you know, here I'm at a big archery tournament and, you know, I'm getting close and I'm in the lead and everything is fine. Do you want me to think about that I'm going to win? Like, that it, oh my God. Yeah. If I start thinking about winning or that I'm close to winning or that I could lose or whatever my, my fears are, you know, fear of success or fear of failure, whichever it is. If I actually think about that, mm. I, I'm I, I'll, I'll blow the shot for sure. Yeah, mm. I don't want to think about. It. I just want to think about shooting. That's sure. it. I, I don't. I I want it to be subconscious. I don't want to actually think about this other stuff. Right. Yeah. So that's what ends up happening. What do you want to think about the knife that's on your neck? You want no. to think about the car that's coming at you, like, no. or or whatever. You want to think about falling. You want to already have it ingrained subconsciously to move, relax. And, and work uh, from a place where you don't think. So you have a reaction and a response rather than a thought out plan. So, but to do that, you have to be kind of, um, you have to be happy enough to surrender conscious control. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the tricky thing. I, I, what I see a lot of the times in myself also and, and in others is that when you're, when you're, when you feel like you have some, movements or you have some techniques or you have some situations that you're comfortable with right you know i know what goes here you know as an example so we did a drill yesterday where um one person would push the other person or with a stick and then you had us move around them keeping contact with the body and no rush at all to take them down it was almost like a interpretive dance like exercise or something or contact improvisation you know yeah. one person pokes with a stick the other one kind of rolls their body around the other person's body and then eventually you get to a place where okay now this is comfortable and the takedown almost makes itself because as you move around the person they adjust in subtle ways and then you see it versus you move and then you the hands flash out and then and then you're like crap now i'm engaged and now i have to do something right and, and you do the first thing that comes to mind which is either not useful 
or it's the only thing that you know how to do, right? So the, one of those two outcomes is you repeat the same old crap you've been doing, right? Or that you do nothing useful or you have like poor, um, you're developing movements you don't even want. Whereas what you're training us to do with that one is to be patient enough to just kind of play with the idea of that and then just let things fall out. But I, I saw a lot of variance in people's willingness to let go and try that, right? People just wanted their, their jump, their shortcut into the result, which is like, well, the, the result of this drill is to put the guy on the floor. Right, and that if they keep that in their minds, they can't do what you ask them to do because you, you have to surrender that result before you can even do what you asked us to do, right? So, mm -hmm. so that's hard, yeah, right? Yeah, it's difficult. It, so, yeah. It's so hard, but mm. it's also so. What Glenn's mentioning here, because way I explained it is um, at the seminar was you have a lower self and you have a higher self. Mm. The lower self is that, let me take this guy down as fast as I can. Let me. Um, uh, the winning, let's get this over with. There's, there's that self. Mm. The higher self wants it to be about something more. Yeah. Like, it's like, yes, life is about, you know, work, money, like, like, you know, basic things that, yeah, you, you know, that's the lower sense of life. Right. Mm. But at a higher sense about living a good life, mm. about being a good person, that making sure you, you do everything with, you know, that, that you make it to the older years, you know, really living a good life, right? That's the higher self. It, it, it craves that, a purpose to your life, a, a reason for living, a, 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 you know, that's where you get that gratitude, that giving back to your community, like that's the good stuff. Like, so I, I've kind of encouraged students that we've kind of followed, I guess a lot of martial arts follow the lower road or the lower self, Mm. We've dumbed it down to that that place. That's but encouraged, right? You see online, they're like, beat any man in 10 seconds. You know, is that you see the clickbait, like martial arts programs yeah. and stuff. This was developed by a former special forces guy, crush any guy in any time. And that's the goal, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I, so you're right. And mm. and that, that definitely is one part of it, without mm. a doubt. Um, but then we're missing a whole other part that is huge, hugely beneficial. It's a brand new year at NC Sistema. All our classes are being held at our regular venue at 4815B Hillsboro Road in Durham, North Carolina. We're in the building behind the Triangle Music School on the junction of Hillsboro Road and Benrose Circle. In addition to our many martial arts classes, we've also added breathwork and strength and conditioning classes to the schedule this year. Visit ncsystema.com and view the new class schedule. Remember, there's a free trial class available for all new students. Book yours today. So what I had the students do was work on themselves, which I showed them very quickly how to do. Just give them a kind of a quick recap on how I do it. Then we talked a lot about play. And then we we rolled that over to if you if you get the if you're working on yourself, if you're truly doing the work on yourself, and then you truly are, are getting along and playing with every partner, because every partner is gonna be different, hmm. then guess what's gonna happen? At one point you're gonna say, I don't wanna play right now. Mm. And I just, and all of a sudden, in the most subtle subconscious way you could ever imagine, you're going to change from play to taking control. Yeah. And, and that could be where a takedown comes in mm. or um, a manipulation of a weapon comes in. Something that doesn't mirror what your partner did. Your partner pushed, you moved and put down. Um, playing would be, I wrestle, you wrestle, you push, we push. Mm. Like it's, it's copying, it's mm. copying, um, in, in, in its purest form. And at some point we just get tired of that. And the body says, I want to do something different. 
And then the takedown comes very subconscious. It becomes quick and natural and free, hmm. right? Um, in archery, there's a there's a drill that they do where um, you can get too focused on the target. You you, you get that it's like I'm just obsessed with the target, hmm. and it happens in martial arts. We get obsessed with the partner, putting hmm. them down, you know, doing something correct, getting a bullseye. Like that is all the same. Hmm. The moment. You, so when archers have that problem, the coach will usually bring them right up to the target. I'm talking three or four meters from the target. Mm. Like you're literally, you could stick your leg out and touch it. Mm. And they put no target on the on the on the backstop. They uh, make you lift up your bow, put an arrow, pull it back, close your eyes, mm. and take a shot. Mm. You're not going to miss. You're two meters from the target, mm. and you have nothing to look at. Your eyes are closed. Mm. So what are you focusing on? You. Yeah. And you, you, we can get so obsessed with the takedown and the partner and the, that being the problem, but you're not seeing that actually you're, you have problems in what you're doing. Sure. So yeah. when the, the archer problem is closes, internal, not yeah, when the archer mm. closes his eyes and just focuses on the shot, he makes perfect shots mm. because there's nothing else to focus on. So the trick is when you're taking somebody down or taking control of a situation, I call it, um, where you stop playing. It's nothing to do with the person coming at you. It's you're in such a good position. You're so relaxed. You know exactly where to be in space and your hands are so comfortable. Your body's comfortable that the partner has nothing to do but fall down. Yeah. Like it's such good, it's such good placement and timing. You know, it, it's, it's beautiful. Mm. And I've seen it. It just comes so naturally with time. There's something, um, something I'd like to pick out on what you just said, which um, just kind of occurred to me. It didn't over the weekend. So you, you use the word kind of like mirroring or you're doing like during play, you're kind of agreeing to mirror, right? You, he does something, you do something. He wrestles, you wrestle. Yeah. He strikes, you strike. You're kind of, that's part of what defines play is that you're keeping it going by agreement and you're kind of doing the same things. And when you're taking control of a situation, by definition, then what you're doing is breaking symmetry, right? Yes. You're not mirroring anymore. No. But it occurs to me that when you break symmetry, it, it's, it's, it can be uncomfortable, right? Like, yes. So when you go from that state of mirroring and playing and you, then you're looking to break symmetry in, in order to control the situation or even influence, which we'll get to later, yeah. um, if you do it and you're not comfortable on the inside, then that's just going to scare you. You're like, well, I, we were fine with what we were doing, but now I'm, I have to perform. I have to do something different to what he's doing. Um, and if you're not in a good place internally yourself, that's going to be uncomfortable and that's probably going to reflect in your work and your physical tension. Whereas um, if you're comfortable when you break tension uh, and you break symmetry, you're breaking it in the way that you feel good about. And you're like, I'm already in a good position. I feel good at not mirroring him now because I know that it's going to fall into place, right? It's almost like you take the lead in a dance and now they have to follow you instead, right? So you're 100%. breaking symmetry on purpose to, for a different purpose. 100%. Is that is that part of what kind of makes it scary? Or like when people kind of just try and rush through the, the mirroring phase, they just want to learn how to dominate too soon without going doing the necessary groundwork in the middle. So. Dominate dominates an interesting word. I, I don't know if I dominate. I mean, people will do, I, I like taking control better, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so try to see it this way. Um, if me, so me and you go out, um, uh, as friends, we go at the bar, we have some drinks and then everything is fine. So we're drinking, we're you're having a drink. I'm having a drink. We're having a great conversation. Mm. And then at some point you decide to pull out your keys and, uh, drive. Mm. And so now I go from play, like we're yeah. equal to, it's very clear. I need to take control. No, you're not driving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So that's not a burden, is it? Mm. That's not a burden. You know, there, there's a, there's a natural time where we need to take control. I'm, you know, something in the play changed Mm. that required me to change Mm. and take control. Yeah. In a natural way. It's just natural. You see somebody doing something that's just wrong mm. um, and you, it's clear because you've done the personal work on yourself. So all of the barometers in your body have clearly told you this is right and wrong because that's personal work. Mm. Personal work is you knowing what, what right and wrong is for you mm. and also what it feels like. So it feels wrong. Something's not right. Yeah. So I've, I've made a decision to change this game and take control. Mm. Right. And at the beginning, you just do a little bits of it. It might be we're playing, 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 and then boom, somebody takes control. Okay, good. Play, 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 boom, take control. And see, can you take control? Yeah. Like that that's what they do naturally in companies. Or that's what teachers do, um, martial art teachers. They see a they see a student that's doing very well and they say, I wonder if he could teach. Mm. So you give them little bits of control of the class to teach. Mm. And you 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 check them and say, Okay, yeah, you can control, or yes, you're good at that. Like you you give little bits of, of control to see if you can. Mm. And when you control, you're right, you can be confronted with fear if it's not done the right way. Sure. So that's where the play helps because the yeah. play gives you a, a barometer of how, how far off you're going to come. Because mm. for me, the control to play is not much different. It's mm. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more serious, but it's not angry or 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 mean or mean-spirited. Control is, hey, man, you're driving. Gotta take, uh, you're not, you're not going to be doing that. Yeah. It's going to take me being a little bit more direct, True. a little bit more, I'm going to strongly suggest more, yeah. but that doesn't mean um, um, any kind of malice or anything like that. It just means I, I need to change this play to something that I can control. So that's really interesting what you said about that when that situation occurs though, right? That you were playing, you were talking, you were doing something, the situation changes, but you recognize it instinctively and there's no decision, right? So you could imagine a situation in which that happens. We're out drinking, hypothetically talking. I mean, this never happens with us, clearly. We don't no. <laughs> but, um, but then uh, your friend pulls out the keys. And then if you haven't done that work on yourself, that moral clarity, yeah. or, you have, or you haven't built the relationship with your friend, so you don't feel free to tell him, right? If, you, yeah. you're, if you're worried about how he'll react, then maybe you'd sit there and, and think about it and second guess it. Like, should I tell him not to drive or how should I tell him? Do you know what I mean? And you try and make that as a conscious decision. And in doing so, you might anger him. You'd be like, look, man, I think you've had a lot of drink. You should probably give me the keys. And then you'd be like, I'm, I'm shut up. I'm fine. You know, or you might do it in the wrong way or you might um, chicken out. You might be like, you know what? I don't think he should drive. And your instincts and your intuitions are telling you that, but you're you don't want to break the relationship or you don't want to insult them in some way. And so you instead sit back and be like, yeah, probably be fine. And you go against your things. So it seems to me what you're doing with play in, in a very real sense is training intuition, yeah. right? Yeah, the, that, that platform work, what you called like the before work or the personal work gives you enough understanding of yourself um, that it kind of sets those signals or it gives you kind of the platform for what you think. And then the play gives you practice at spotting those signals in very, very subtle ways. You're not looking for them. You're just giving a lot of data to your system so that it can get used to spotting patterns and forming intuitions. And like a lot of the neurological research and intuition says that's what it is. It's like deep level pattern spotting that goes way below the level of conscious thought, right? Mm. But we make most of our good decisions this way. And second guessing our intuitions is usually bad. So um, so in your language there, that just stuck, stuck out to me right away that I'm like, Wow, like all weekend, we've, you've been 
training us to to trust our intuitions. And I don't think there's any better example of that than when you had us do the, the fast knife drill, right? <laughs> you know, we're doing like the standard system of knife drills where, you know, knife in contact with the body and you move, trap it, move back. So everybody can do that. And if it's a set situation, you feel reasonably safe, right? Once you know your body a little bit, you can show off with that drill quite convincingly, right? But then you came along to me and my partner at one point before you showed to the group and you, and you were just like, attack as fast, you know, go, be really tricky, like flash them around like you're doing Kali or something, right? Like really, fly, you know, as fast as you can go in. And like the first time I did it, it was like, whoop, and I moved a little bit, but I didn't trust my hands. And you're like, trust your hands, trust your hands, trust your hands. And after almost no time, almost no practice, right? My hands flashed out and, and just made contact at exactly the right time. And then I moved them towards my body and it didn't, didn't take very long at all. Like it really came to, and I'm like, wow, it's like you touched a button right it's like you tapped me on the shoulder and went no wrong system you need to use the other one you know and just by kind of switching the cue there and being like trust your hands because your hands have the intuition you didn't say that but that's essentially what it was right like if you're using your brain your brain tries to get in the way and make decisions and you can't when it's that fast and that chaotic but trusting your hands in a sense is just like eh, just let your body take care of itself from the neck down it knows what to do right yeah. and i've heard that in different contexts but that was such a, a stark and profound demonstration of it for me and then you pulled other people up and you could see the variable success with this ability to you know to let go it's hard to let go right but for me it was like it was i just felt it right away i'm like wow you didn't have to do very much at all you just had to give me the right trigger uh, to to let me do that it was already in my body and i just had to trust it and that was profound i thought but yeah i, I never thought about it in terms of intuition yesterday but now it, that seems to, i mean does that marry with how you think about it or is exactly. that or am i getting it wrong so the, the people the people that so i think the success rate was when i calculated it quickly was 50 percent Okay. And that's very good. But mm. the people that managed to get to 70, like mm. yourself, mm. Um, are the ones that had done more work on themselves sure. and played a lot more. Yeah. Uh, because when a knife is coming at you super fast in a way that is completely unpredictable, like you, you even encourage a partner to be tricky. I told you, be yeah. tricky. Yeah, yeah. Like tricky, tricky. Like cut yeah. my neck, cut, cut my stuff, like just slashing yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, and I just had to trust that my hands could find space and know sure. where to go, mm. right? It's no different than an NBA star running down the court, has got three three people in front of him, and somehow he jumps up without knowing where to go mm. and flanks his body right, flanks his body left, turns and slams the ball down. It's mm. no different a skill. Yeah. Those guys are going as fast as they possibly can. Mm. So, And that's fast. Yeah. Um, it's no different than a receiver running in football as fast as he can down thing, turning his head with three guys draped all over him, jumping up and somehow making the catch. Sure. Like it's, 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 you just have to trust your hands and you have the good intuition skills as where to be in space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that takes time. Mm -hmm. And that, and it doesn't happen when you're thinking. You mm -hmm. can't be thinking. All your focus is on the ball or the knife or yeah. whatever's happening, right? Yeah. So, so that's a stark example to back to what I originally said. I want more um, consistent results. And that mm. led, that was a clear example of more consistent results for yeah. you. Yeah. Um, nothing will be 100%. I never want to tell anybody sure. that, yeah. especially with a weapon. It's, yeah. it's, it's ludicrous. But your chances will be better. Yeah. And, 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 and that will be good enough in that situation. Sure. Um, and you can see it when you were demonstrating and you have people going really fast. And like oh, you're, yeah. you're one of my students, Yi, so she's trained a lot in knife stuff. You know, oh, she I saw. It. Yeah, I that's saw. why you had her up, you know, because so, she I loves saw. it. You know, you can see how you know, she's ready to go. But when you were demonstrating, like your success rate was more like 90%. Like it was like literally you missed one in 10. And, that, and it seemed almost superhuman the way that your hands could flash out at the right time. But at the same time, you clearly weren't looking to do that. You were just, no. your hands were just kind of going there. But so that's... 
you know, a testament to the amount of work that you've put into this, yes, you know, yes, this amount of type yes. of training. But it's mm. just, it's wonderful. Like, so, mm. so that's taking control. So mm. with this work, I didn't hurt anybody. Sure. I just had to find the knife in space and control it. Sure. So that means control is interesting. Control is not punishing your partner. Mm. Taking your partner down, I think is a punishment. Punishing them is a punch, a kick, uh, some sort of a joint lock, some sort of manipulation. Mm. It changes this completely. Yeah. yeah. It goes from we're, you know, I'm working, I'm playing, uh, I'm taking control, uh, influencing a situation, which was the last one, yeah. which is the stuff that you see all the great teachers doing. Yeah. You know, the big punch, the big kick, the smack in the hand that sends the knife across. Mm. This is influencing a situation. This mm. is changing it drastically from what it is. Even before it's developed. Even right? before it's yeah, developed. the very first one. And, yeah. and it, it has both good and bad. If you do not know what you're doing with it, mm. it's dangerous. It's mm. super dangerous. That's why... If you've worked on yourself, if you've played, if you've taken control, influencing a situation comes really easily mm -hmm. because you already feel comfort from the other areas. I've done the work on myself. I've, I've, I've played with people. I know how to control. So you always have a safe place and then you go to the next level. Mm. So it's like climbing, right? You, you always have a good anchor and then you take another grab higher. Mm -hmm. um, so... The influencing is going to be the hardest one and this is where the seminar series is going to build and it's going to slowly get to people to, to be able to influence each other. Mm. And remember, influencing is not just a, a strike or a kick. Influencing also has a positive connotation where it's it's more inspirational, right? Yeah. So where you're inspiring people, mm. you know, you're not just, you're, you're inspiring them to do more rather than just, you know, it's like I mentioned to you guys, I'm not big on changing people. Yeah. I'm big on you changing yourself. Mm. So, I you know I changing people takes so much work and scattered results, but you changing you has better results. Yeah, because you've initiated it. Yeah, not me. Right? Yeah. So inspiration is is what's so good about inspiration, right? So influencing also has that slash of inspiration as well. So I could I could be coming. Like yeah. I, well, I could be coming at you, and then you have good. Um, uh, you've practiced your. Uh, ability to influence very good so i come at you and you give me a big whack in the face and that because you're clean you're relaxed you've played you're happy you're happy in your life you're happy at work you're happy at what you do you smack me in the face and when it hits me that intention is i gotta relax hmm. I, I don't take it a wrong way if you're scared and angry when hmm. you hit me in the face i would get upset you'll feel it i'll yeah. feel it yeah but because all the great teachers that have ever hit me i've never felt they hate me. Right. I've never yeah. felt they're angry. Right. They're just, they're trying to teach me something. Mm. And I truly mean that. Like I, I'm not, you know, and I felt the same in rugby. A guy could smash me, big mm. tackle. And I've been hit so hard, right? Yeah. Hit the ground. I'm like, I'll look at the guy, good tackle. Yeah, you get up clapping, awesome. right? You clap That's freaking awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. Like I, I just remember it. Other times I got tackled half as hard mm. and I'm ready to just stomp on the guy's head as I get up. True. So dirty, right? Yeah. Dirty tackle. His intention was dirty. I could feel it. Yeah. Um, so I'm good with that. I was good before Sistema with that. Then in Sistema, it heightened it because when I boxed, it was always bad intention. So you always had that. Mm. Sistema was the one that showed me you could punch with good intention. Yeah. Mm. And I, so when we're doing the um, uh, the influencing work, uh, we have to keep in mind, we truly need to be clean. Otherwise, don't do it. There, there's something else, there's something that sticks out to me on that as well. That we maybe touched on a little bit over the weekend, but just, um, I know I'm being mindful of our time here. We've only got like five, five yeah. minutes left or something, but, um, 
but how this, I mean, maybe this is something that you plan to bring in for the later seminars, but how this relates to teaching, right? Yeah. Um, so as a teacher, right, um, I can see that some people, the way that they teach yeah. is kind of akin to play. It's just almost like uh, you're a parent and you just kind of want to be your student's best friend. Do you know what I mean? So you, you play a little bit and you build the rapport and you do those things, um, but then you don't take it to the next level, right? Um, and that's that's okay. They're not the worst type of teachers, actually. That's, that's a nice thing when you just create an environment. But a more common pattern is control, right? It's like where, where people go from... Well, I'm not playing with you here. I want you to move like me. I want you to do the thing the way that I want you to do it, right? Um, but w what you talked about with influence, um, it, I don't know, it resonated with something else that you talked to me about a while back, which is that with students now in your classes that come into your students, you're less concerned with what it is that they're doing like physically, what it is that they're, they're trying to do in terms of like, well, I'm not good at takedowns, I'm not good at working against the knife. And you worry less about that short-term goal of like, how do I approve them in that? And you just kind of look at them in their lives and their motivations, like what do, you, what do they need in order to feel inspired yeah. to work on themselves and do the good work? So on a kind of a deeper meta level as, as an instructor, does this whole process apply to your work as a teacher as well? Like that your base level is to work on your skills so that you at least have some skills to transmit, right? That's the work you do on yourself. And then you have to be able to play with your students and build that trust. Otherwise they won't trust you to teach them, right? If they think you're just a bully, right? They're yeah. not going to, they're not going to like respond to you in the same way, but if they trust you, they'll listen, they'll truly listen. Um, but then once you go to control, once you go to that aspect of like, well, here's a direction I want to steer you in, that's that's good. And that's if, if you have positive intent with that and you're steering them towards like good coaching and good movement and stuff like that. But in some ways that maybe that's not enough and you should inspire to influence them positively. And that's and that's probably going to take the most work and the most experience. Right. But so do you do you see this framework overlaid in your teaching philosophy, too? Or? It's not separate. Yeah, Glenn, it's, yeah. it's it's both. You need to whenever you have a template for something, you have to take that same template and put it on top of your family, on top of your kids, on top of work, like, and look, and everything mm. plays out in all our different aspects in life. Right? Yeah. So it's so very important. Teaching is, um, it, it, you know, you, you got to remember it's you, right? Mm. Like, don't, uh, it's not separate. Yeah. It's you. Like, yeah. So uh, if you're working on yourself, if you're growing as a teacher, your students are growing. Right. If you're learning, if you're inspired, they're learning, they're inspired, sure. they're following along. Yeah. Um, just natural. Right. Yeah. Like if I have a good buddy and he's, he's happy and he's, he's living his life, it inspires me to do that too. Yeah. I mean, he's not my teacher. He's just a good friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, he's traveling. I'm like, I got to travel more. Mm -hmm. You know, he's making time to, you know, end up in the backyard and, and, and have a beer. But yeah, I'm going to do that too. Why not? That's a, that's a good thing. Like, so the good things inspire people. So that's what we do as teachers. Right. Yeah. So it's, that's really important to stay fresh and stay, um, stay real and stay grounded in, in what's going on in your society and really look at the true problems, the true mm. problems. Forget about the fighting. The fighting may be problems for people that are saying bad things and doing wrong things. But most of the problem is not like that with people. It's distressed. They can't get a good night's sleep. Um, they don't let go of the stresses they have. Uh, they spend too much time on their phones and uh, with digital technology. They, 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 they're hyper um, the nerves are just hyper hyperactive. Yeah. Um, so, you know, talk about all kinds of stuff, the things you eat, the things you see, the things you say, the things you watch, you know, don't watch the news for three hours a day. Yeah. You know, maybe 15 minutes is enough. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe you wake up in the morning and, and don't look at emails. Maybe you spend a half hour reading or, or, or just in some quiet reflection. I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Like you, so you push students towards what's, what's good for them as you get to know them. Yeah. Right. As you get to know them for sure. So, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's much deeper than that. That's why the play bridges the worlds, the, all our worlds. It allows us to have that benefit to our life, to our work, to our, to our system. It's like a great little stopping post mm. that we can always come back to. Yeah. You know, like if the family can play together, if the people at work can play together, if they can get along at that level, then you always have a safe spot to come to. Right. We always have a safe spot that we can come back to. It's like we're not lost in this place. Yeah. But if we can't do that, we got nothing. You know, gotcha. we got nothing if we can't do that. So, um, well said. Yeah. yeah I okay. think we're, uh, yeah, we're getting close to time. Yeah. I could, yeah, I believe we so. could talk forever here for we sure. Got along. Well, we've got, we've got two more years and yes, we've got yes, a couple of seminars sure. and lots more podcasts to go. So, so yeah. thanks very much for taking the time. I can't wait for the, uh, for next year's seminar and well, I'll be seeing you in March anyway, up in Toronto. I'll come up to fight club. So Thank I'll you. see you then, my friend. Thank you very much, Glenn. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about classes, workshops, and seminars at NC Sistema, please visit us online at www.ncsistema.com.